You're listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. Worship with us on Sundays in Kansas City, or join us in June for our youth and young adult conference called Bold. We are currently in week five of the series on David. Last week, we took a quick break on Mother's Day and celebrated moms, uh, but today we go into um, another message on David. And, and really, the first four weeks have been, uh, David has been an example for us. Um, where we've celebrated some great things in his journey and life and applied those to our lives. And today, uh, we look at the flawed man part of the video. We look at David, and we're actually encouraged uh, because David was called a man after God's own heart, even though he had some pretty big flaws. And so we're going to cover those today. And so uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Psalm 51 as well as to 2 Samuel chapter 12, and we'll go to those two places today. Let's pray and dive into the word. Father, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to be your people in Kansas City, following Jesus with all that we have. We thank you, Lord God, that this is not just good living. This is following a real person. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would illuminate your word today. We pray that we would be authentic Christ followers in the 21st century. Do a fresh work in us. May we leave here different. We honor you and love you. And all of Radiant said, amen. Amen. All right. So here's the big question this morning. What do you do when you find yourself (laughs) hurting because you've run from God? Let me say it this way. How do you respond when you've got this desire to go after God and you've made a choice to sin? We could say it this way. What do you pray when you're feeling the disappointment and the sadness of having desired to be a follower, committed to be a follower, and then have a lifestyle that doesn't demonstrate your commitment? That's that's the big question for today. And I think that all of us have been there. All of us know what it means. (laughs) And I, I don't care where you're at in your journey you've got an issue, right? Romans 3, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all got issues. If you think you have no issue, that's your issue, right? Like all of us have fallen short. And so inevitably, we face this moment where we ask the question, how do I realign? How do I connect back? How do I talk to God when I'm dealing with the disappointment, the shame, the frustration, even the irritation with myself, because I, he really is my first love. I'm committed to God being my first love. I, I'm after God, but my actions don't align with my affections. I'm, I, somehow there was a disconnect and I made a choice. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about what we pray, what we say to God, how we run to God after falling short miserably. And that's what happened with David. If you can imagine, if you're David, you feel close to God. I mean, you think you're close to God. I mean, you are God's man, right? We know 1 Samuel 13, we read it earlier. It's that moment where it is said of him via Samuel to Saul, God has sought out a man after his own heart. That's a good day if you're David, like, "Mm, God is looking for someone and he found me. What's up? Yeah, Mm, I feel good about myself, right? 1 Samuel 16, we move forward. And when he's lined up, right, you got all all the sons lined up. 
And Samuel says, there's got to be another one because he's not here. And you're David, you're out in the field, you get brought in, and you're chosen over all your brothers. You're anointed right there, and you got this thing inside you that's looking to God, being like, what's up? You have, uh, Awesome, we're close. You get looking at your brothers, being like, well, I'm God's chosen. You're not alive. I mean, you're feeling good. Close. Mm. You've got David spending time, we talked about in week one, in the field where he's writing songs to God. He's alone with God. He's finding identity in God. He's making these declarations about how I'll serve you, God, how I love you, God. It's David in the field who has a close friendship with God. It's David who goes out and not only knows God, but does things for God. He goes out and when everybody else is filled with fear, he faces Goliath. We talked about the story where he's strong and courageous and he faces and he cares about what God cares about. And so if the people of God are terrified, he looks back at the Philistine and says, how dare you defy the armies of the living God? And David is courageous. And so he's been close to God and he's done things for God. And then David has walked in some character like God, right? I mean, when he is threatened and thrown spears at, everybody feels this desire to pick up the spear, throw it back, hurt those who hurt me, have revenge. And David has this character that's amazing because he decides not to throw spears. And we talked about the story where when he had the opportunity to kill King Saul and he doesn't do it, instead he chooses not to, he demonstrates this character that is pretty amazing and pretty pretty strong. And then we, we talked about even David having a moment where where he's discouraged and Jonathan comes and helps him look to God in the midst of his discouragement. And so David has the capacity and the ability. And there's multiple times where we can actually read stories in the wilderness where David strengthens himself in God. David knows how. David's been close to God. David does things for God. David has great character. David, you'd think, come on. And then you have this moment if you're David. I mean, Imagine the sadness. Imagine the pain. It's the story of 2 Samuel 11, where David, and it starts off in the text, it says, at the springtime, when kings go off to war, David decided not to go off to war. Now, picture this. David's in his 50s. And David has been the young man of God. David has been the young warrior. David has been close. And now, instead of going to war like he always has, he stays back. And it's in that moment where he goes out, steps out on the roof, and there he sees Bathsheba. It's the famous story. Somebody else's wife, Uriah's wife, she's bathing, and David makes the choice. He sees her. He has her brought to the palace, and then David commits adultery, and then David is told she's pregnant. He tries to cover it up by having her husband put on the front lines in military battle, and everyone probably just assumes, you know, it's just Uriah at war, but David knows he's done it on purpose, and nobody really, we don't have record of people knowing, but David knows, until this young prophet, this young prophet steps into David's life, and we've got stories of the old prophet Samuel, and probably appear the prophet Gad, and now this younger prophet, Nathan. He shows up in the next chapter in 2 Samuel, chapter 12. It's a famous story where he tells David a story. And he, David responds to the story by saying that the man in the parable, the man in the story is guilty of death 
And it's the epic moment where a young prophet, Nathan, looks at him and says, you're the man. And here's the question. How do you respond in a moment where you are faced with your sin? In that moment, who are you? In that moment, will you make excuses? In that moment, will you run from God and have accusation for some reason why your life is justified because of actions that have happened to you? Someone else that's hurt you? In this moment, who will David be? And I want to highlight verse 5 because David right here, the great king. I mean, David quite possibly could have just said, hey, you know, let's be done with Nathan. Let's just, mm. I mean, David is powerful. He's the king. And here he is, the wealth, the position, the applause, Saul has slain his thousands, David is 10,000. David's been, spent his whole adult life now having people working for him, praising him. And the big position king goes low. And in this moment, he says this, verse 13, then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. It begins with confession right here. I, I have sinned against God. Instead of carrying the heavy, unbearable load of a double life, I would invite you to run to God in confession. Instead of keeping a secret that's just, well, I've got these issues, I've got these sins, I've got these things, and not talking to God about it. Confession is taking it to God and saying, God, I'm gonna bring this to you. I've fallen short. I've sinned. And out of relationship with God, developing a conversation with God where you take it to him. And David, in Psalm 51, I'm gonna get to that in a moment. David, it's David's prayer in, right after this, right after this has happened. And he begins it with talking about, have mercy on me, O God. And in confession, it's this moment where my story is not so much my resume or what I've accomplished or what I can do or what I have not done, what I have sinned or what my strengths are, Goliath, all the positives, all the, it's this, my resume is your kindness, God, and you've been kind to me, and so I'm going to confess, and when we confess, it brings hope, and we confess, it shifts our focus from my sin to God's mercy. And when we don't have, when we don't have confession, our life starts to just our Christian life starts to be in confusion. And so this confession, the clouds of shame start to go away when we just begin this getting real, getting open, getting honest, refusing to hide from God, but just come before him and be open and talk about it and say, this is me. This is what's going on. You can't hide and heal at the same time. You gotta get before God all right, God, I'm coming before you. In order to reach my destiny, I gotta be honest about my sinful history. Here's where I'm at. Here's what's gone on. And our temptation, like David, would be to cover it up. But the big idea of confession is that we, we confess it up to God. Like, all right, God, I'm gonna come to you. I'm gonna be honest with where I'm at. And what I love in this is that King David, the, the great king, goes low, and he looks at Nathan, and he says, I've sinned against God. No excuses. 
No. Well, I was just, you know, it's hard to be a king after all. I mean, no. What was Bathsheba bathing there anyway? Well, I, that was annoying. You know, like, it's, not, it's her fault. Right? That's what, that's what Adam did. He was like, in the garden. God, this woman you put with me. I mean, this woman you put in the garden. It's, it's, her, it's her fault, you know? We got nothing like that. We just have David. It's on me. I have sinned. I've sinned. Step one. It's all God. No excuses. Well, no reasons. No, just. And today I want to spend the bulk of our time talking about what David actually said to God in this moment. I think you and I find ourselves in this moment a lot. Because when you're following Jesus, you've got this heart that says, Mm, I have decided, I am in. And inevitably, we face multiple times our own pain and sadness and disappointment when our actions don't line up with where we believe our affections are. So we believe we love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We believe that, and, and it is true. And, we, when, and Katie's up here singing, and you're singing right along, and it's, it's top of your lungs, and, and, it's, and it's true. And then we face the disappointment, the disillusionment, the sadness, the frustration, the pain of the choices that we made on Wednesday or Friday or last summer or whatever it is. And this is epic proportions for David. This is not small. This is huge. This this is adultery and murder. This is the man after God's own heart chosen to be king. This is the man that, that... to this day, we read and sing what he wrote because he was so close. So David, high, high, close to God. Low, low, murder, adultery. And we have, in Psalm 51, the language, the prayer that he says, where he goes. And I love the way it starts off where it starts to have mercy, oh God. And I think the whole Psalm is actually about his mercy. I wanna highlight three verses today because there's five things in those three verses that David requests. And my hope is that on Thursdays when you fall short or Tuesdays when you, when you, when you sin, to give you in your tool belt language on what to say to God. How do I, how, what can I say? And the Psalms help help create language. And we know there can be spontaneity of what overflows from the heart. That's awesome. And that's great. Yet here in Psalms, we can get some of the language of our prayers. Some of the language of what can I say when when I've fallen so short? Well, today I want to encourage you. David fell short, and this is what he said. Look at this. In Psalm 51, this is the title, what it says. For the director of music, a psalm of David what the prophet, when the prophet Nathan came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. I'm gonna read the three verses and then we'll break it down. It says, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. David in his darkest moment comes before God, talks to God. In your darkest moment, you're going to be tempted to run from God. In your darkest moment, you're going to be tempted to make excuses. But here's the right idea. Don't cover it up. 
Don't run from, talk to. All right, God. And see the God of mercy come before him. And here's what I love about these phrases. Look at this first one. Create in me a pure heart or create in me a clean heart. It's the idea of, I want to be wholehearted again. God, I want to be single-minded. My heart has gotten twisted. My heart has gotten polluted. But deep in my core, I have this desire to have a pure heart. Matthew 5, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. That's me, God. I want to be that. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. And this is God activity. This is not my own strength. This is you're the creator. You're the one who created the heavens and the earth. You're the one who can create something new. You're the one that, cre- <laughs> that creates something out of nothing. You're the one. Job 26 says that it, when we look at creation, we see just a mere whisper of his power. We look at creation, and it's just a whisper. I mean, we can't even grasp. When he said, I mean, it says he breathed and created the stars. You're the star breather. You can create in me a clean heart. God, you be at work. You create in me a clean heart, oh God. Our temptation is to look at me. Well, my sin, I did this. Me, nope. Here's what confession does. Eyes off of my sin and onto my God. This is not about my resume. This is about your kindness. All right, God, create in me a clean heart. I want to be single-minded again. I want to be wholehearted again. And then he says this, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. I like that word renew. It's like, I've had this before. I've been steady before. I know what it is to be steady. This idea is steadfast. This is, I don't want to be a roller coaster that's up and down, full of God on Sunday and full of the devil on Thursday. Up for one year, down the next, up and down. No, I, God, there's a season where I was steady. God, I remember the days in the wilderness. Lord God, I was desperate for you and we stayed close. Or God, in the field. Or maybe playing in the palace for so. But I've experienced seasons. I was steadfast. And I went off the roller coaster. I don't want that. I know. I know. (laughs) Adultery was not your plan for me. Murder's not your plan for me. I missed it. I'm off. But, oh, God, I've been there before. Renew in me that steadfast spirit. I want to be steady. God, help me not to go up and down. I don't don't want. I I like to use language of like an oxen, like just day after day, steady. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. And then he says this. This is my favorite one. He says, and do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Here's my paraphrase. I want to stay close to God. I have been anointed. I have been close. I know what it is to have the Holy Spirit on me. I don't want to live at a distance from God. Uh, my favorite place is your presence. And David is going, uh, I've been off course. Creating me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a steadfast spirit in me. And then do not cast me. From your presence. In 1 Samuel 16, it says, So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. David has known what it is to have the Spirit of God on him. He goes, I just cast me not away from your presence, oh God. God, I love your presence. Let me tell you, when that gets in you, 
when you've got this, you know, his presence is worth more to me than a huge retirement plan. You know, his presence is worth more to me than more square footage in my house. His presence means more to me than more entertainment. I've, I've tasted and I've seen that he's good. I've had the spirit of the Lord. I, David goes, I, I've been close to God. I don't, I don't wanna lose that. That's what I love. And then he says this, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Like that moment of your salvation where I'm saved. I, I, want that, I want that joy again. It's a heavy yoke to live a double life where I'm not talking to God about my sin. I'm just sinning and pretending. It's, it's a heavy yoke. It's the opposite of joy. But I know what it is, God, not only to have your presence, but to have the joy of being clean. Salvation, I'm saved, you're my rock, you're my future, you're my hope, you're my joy. Psalm 16, there is joy in your presence. I know what it is to have joy. I know what it is to, to be in the palace or in the wilderness and either place possess joy. Because joy it comes internally. It's an internal reality because of my nearness towards God. Happiness goes up and down according to the external circumstance. But joy, man, I can be in the palace, I can be in the wilderness, but either way, I got some high life, some high emotion because I'm close to God and I know the fruit of the spirit, joy, and your presence is joy. I, I know where joy comes from. And God, I want that. And then he ends with this, and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. What this is, is this is obedience. God, I wanna, I, 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 melt me so that I do what you want me to do. I don't want to go back to doing my way. I want to go your way. This whole thing is David's confidence that he has a God that even though he has just committed adultery and murder, that God will still be merciful. And one of the biggest lies that the enemy will come and say, he's not for you. You've gone too far. You've done too much. You've been too distant. One of the greatest things a believer can get lodged inside their heart and their mind is he is merciful. I can't explain it. I don't, it's who he is. He's a God of kindness. And here's David, and he comes before God, and this is the language. This is the wording that he says. My prayer for us is that we would get this in our vernacular, that it would be actually part of what we say. And I'm all for out your prayer life, there being spontaneous language. That's beautiful. And let's get some of the scripture and say back to God what David said. And it honestly, when you can get that, it, 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 one of the ways it's helped me is just to sing it. Like, let me be honest with you and tell you, when I was a kid, I didn't get to listen to secular music, all right? I know that's embarrassing. And now you're like, oh, was he homeschooled? I mean, like, uh, but... But, I, but my parents would let me listen to two, we had a, I had a tape deck, and I had two blue tapes, a Steve Green and a Keith Green. And uh, actually, I had multiple blue tapes. I could do Steve Green or Keith Green. I tend to lean towards Keith, because uh, he was a little more energetic, and Steve, he had like the swoopy hair like my dad, but Keith had like big curly, 
See, my people from the 80s are like, what's up? Yeah. And, uh, but I would listen to Keith Green. And one of the songs that he sang, truth be told, I thought it was a song. I didn't know it was scripture. But he used to sing this. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. And renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart. Oh, God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, O Lord, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation and renew a right spirit within me. And I memorized that as a kid as a song. And then... When I, when I hit junior high, I've told you these stories, but when I hit junior high, one of my biggest struggles was anger. Because I was experienced being bullied. And this psalm via the Keith Green song became something that I used to say to God when I felt so angry. It gave me the language of my prayers. Instead of my prayer just being, God, I'm just... A little bit of Bible. Creating me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Renew a right spirit within me. I got in my 20s. My 20s, man, I had a lot of selfish ambition. I was like, let's go. Come on. I got, I got the right wife, and I got the right calling, and I got the right education, and I'm going to... And I'd come humbled time and time again. Oh, God, forgive me my pride. Create in me a clean heart, oh, God. You are right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. When I got in my 30s, ministry got rough. It was the opposite. It became anger at leaders that let me down circumstance that wasn't going my way wouldn't turn out like I'd hoped I had to come before God and honestly my favorite prayer of confession Psalm 51 it started as a song from Keith Green it's matured into just oh God like David God created me a clean heart do something fresh it's crippled, it's broken, it's bleeding, it's messed up, it's full of, it's, it's off track. It is not pure. It is not wholehearted right now. It's all twisted up with my own selfish ambition, my own, my own anger at that leader, my own irritation with those people. Whew. All right. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. I don't know what my predominant sin in my 40s is yet. <laughs> I'll keep you posted. You'll know. <laughs> But this is our moment. We just take this. Let this psalm become the language coming before God. We don't pretend like it doesn't exist. We don't cover it up. And no matter how weak, how broken, how messed up, even if it's murder and adultery, come before God. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. We stand with me and let's pray this psalm together. I want to invite you. Just pray it. Even in your mind, you know, God, this is what you're speaking to me today.
Let's ask the Holy Spirit, just, Lord, speak to me. What are you doing in me today? What are you saying to me today? Lord, we just say create in us clean hearts. Renew right spirit within us. Cast us not from your presence. Restore joy. Let us be willing and obedient. Give you our lives. Let your mercy and in your kindness, let us be undone. You're still the God of mercy. You're still the God of kindness. Would you just take a moment, thank God for the fresh work he's doing in your heart, the healing that's beginning as you confess, God, I got anger in my heart. God, I got fear inside of me. God, I got lust inside my head and my heart. God, I got bitterness. Just let him clean you up. Radiant Church, we just want to live clean before God. If you're here today, your story is one that you're kind of undone that God would show that kind of mercy and kindness to an adulterer and a murderer. And your heart is moved. That be true, I can serve a God like that. I can serve a God that loves me. We as Radiant Church, we believe it to our core. If you would like to follow Jesus, we'd like to connect with you on your journey. Email us at follow at radiantchurchkc.com. If this ministry has encouraged you, we'd love to hear your story. Email us at mystory at radiantchurchkc.com. If you'd like to invest in Radiant Church, please click Give on our website, radiantchurchkc.com. Are you a young adult and interested in spending a year in Kansas City at Radiant Church? Check out radiantintensive.com. Thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast.